Hello, door knockers, cold callers, inside, outside sellers, wealthy vets, and hungry rookies. Welcome to a special edition of Stay Paid, and we are happy to have one of our greatest bloggers of all time, Jen Benvenuto, as a guest on our podcast. And today we are going to be talking about how to create a blog and how to create the content that's going to make for a fruitful blog for your business. Hey, Jen. Hey, guys. Thanks for having me. It's good to have you here. Thanks. So, yeah, I mean, what we wanted to kind of do today is we, um, Luke is out practicing what he preaches to all of us out there networking, trying to create some new partnerships, maybe strike up some leads for our business. So in the meantime, we wanted to kind of take an opportunity to go through some uh, specific tips and topics with the experts that we have here within Reminder Media on blogging. A lot of the things that we talk about when it comes to lead generation for your sites, uh, lead generation in your email campaigns all revolves around this idea of having uh, content that's going to bring people into your site through inbound methods and keep them returning to your site for more. So looked up a couple of stats to kind of get us started with this to make the case for blogging and, and HubSpot produces a lot of this as a content marketing uh, company. So marketers who prioritize blogging um, are 13 times more likely to enjoy positive return on investment than marketers who do not. 79% of companies that blog report a positive ROI for inbound marketing. So really what we wanted to do is kind of say, if, if you're not blogging, it's something that you should start thinking about doing um, because your competition is. And so the question really becomes, then how do we get started? So um, Jen, maybe you can kind of talk to us a little bit because one of the things that uh, you started doing um, uh, about a year ago is really taking the blogs on Reminder Media and focusing on um, creating original content for us that's ultimately going to help drive leads for our business. So if you are an agent, if you are a sales professional, not really sure where to get started, what might be some advice there? Yeah, I think more than anything with a blog, I mean, people look at it as uh, totally confusing and scary, but it's pretty much a like a a diary, a personal journal, a personal <laughs> journal that you have to put down your thoughts, put down what you think, your opinions, all that. But um, how I got started more than anything is my husband and I just recently bought a house, and that was kind of my segue into real estate. I used a lot of like what we learned, what, like didn't know anything. It was a first time home buyer, but um, just the thoughts of like a whole entire process and just the journey, and then creating that into what I think that our clients can actually use. Right. So it's kind of taking that personal experience and translating that. And it was kind of an easy way to get started with writing. Mm -hmm. So then um, if if our if our listeners have their own site, obviously they can start kind of a blog on their site. What might be some other options or venues that people could begin writing and posting on? Yeah, I know. Um, Sefton, you're more familiar with Active Rain, correct? Yeah, I think for real estate agents, there's uh, there's two primary places where I would try to get your content published. The first of which is Active Rain, and there's no barrier to get it on there. All you have to do is publish it, and it'll be on there, and you will be at the mercy of the people on the site. So they will either like it, and it'll get forwarded to the front page, but uh, it definitely takes some time. It's something we had to get used to, and we did get some attention early on, and we've continued to get some attention, but it's definitely a great learning forum. And then there's something bigger like Inman where you're going to have to work with somebody um, in an editorial capacity there. and They're going to have to review your work before it gets posted. But that's also a really great place um, for you to get your stuff published. And then there's all the social media stuff, which is something you could probably speak to. Yeah. And then actually back to the forum, there is one more that I wanted to add. Um, add. It's medium.com. Okay. It's more of just a general blogging site for any time. I mean, it could be a business professional. It could be 
a designer, a crafter, anybody can really just go on there, create their site and post their original content. And it's like and giving them a blog. Yeah, basically. absolutely. You don't really have to uh, deal with setting up a, a WordPress or anything like that. But um, yeah, and you can just comment and share your, your, your content more than anything. So what should people start thinking about in terms of what they're going to write about? Is everything that we write about, does it have to relate back to the business? Is it always, is it thinking more of the the reader in mind? Like what would you say um, service-based sales professionals, real estate agents, mortgage professionals, financial advisors, what are some ideas that they can start thinking about? Because I would, I would think that, like you mentioned, you want to write about what you know, but you also want to write about what's going to be relevant to your audience. And most of most of our audience is going to be uh, local community professionals. So would you recommend writing maybe some things about the, the community in general? Like what would be some of the tips there? I think you should mix it up, honestly. If you're if you're a professional and if you're if you deem yourself as um, something that you find as that you really know a lot about, if it's FISBOs, if it's um, if it's anything along the lines that you think that you're actually really knowledgeable on, I think you can certainly blog about that, but then also switch it up with local content. I mean, if it's a new restaurant coming downtown, if it's the school districts, anything along those lines, and then also personal experiences. Like, did you just go on vacation? Did you, I mean, people want to see you. They want to know personal experiences. They want to know you have a personality outside of work. That does happen. Right. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> it does happen, believe but it But yeah, not. believe it or not, I mean, you do have a family, you do have a the lines are blurred, but, but um, it's there. Yeah, no, I mean, I think you mix it up more than anything. So, I mean, I know in, in just kind of researching this, I was kind of curious. So I did a little, just some Googling, and I found Inman.com that was mentioned before as a real estate uh, news site resource um, has a 101 amazing blog post idea. So we might throw that into the, into the show notes here, but I mean, they even said uh, list 20 best apps for people preparing to sell their home. I know we did that specifically with one of our blog posts. Yeah, we did. We had apps and we also just did recently, I don't know if it's posted yet, but we um, did one about podcasts. I mean, yeah. <laughs> funny, right? Um, yeah. And then books. I mean, anything that that's a good one. Book reviews, yeah. because I read a lot of blogs and that's a great way to capture some mm -hmm. SEO, too, because people will be searching for the book. Yeah, absolutely. So you mentioned SEO. Um, why don't you talk a little bit more about that and and how something that's as big and scary as SEO can actually be applied at more of a actionable level? Well, that's kind of where the local content comes in, in my opinion, because SEO is very difficult. Basically, I don't want to. It's basically David and Goliath. You know, if you're coming up and you want to capture real estate, that's going to be a huge SEO undertaking for you. But let's say that you're in a small community because you are a community professional, you're a service-based sales professional, and you work in a normal size every town America. That's where the localized content can help you to get some SEO relevance because you constantly talk about that small town. There's not going to be the same level of subject matter on the internet so you can actually capture people. So when they're searching for, say, real estate in this town, um, I always reference my hometown of York because it really does mirror like a lot of the small, middle-sized towns in America. I went to school in York, PA. Yeah, I know. Yeah. It's wonderful. I, <laughs> it's I used to town. hang. You went across the street from Springsbury Park? Uh, from the York Galleria. Yeah, mall, exactly. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, a, it's about a middle-sized town. And, you know, you're not going to capture real estate. But if you start blogging about different things that are going on at the mall, say, or you start blogging about different community events, that's going to raise your relevance when people are searching for things in, say, your county, Pennsylvania. So other than that, but you can talk more about, like, blog length and stuff yeah, like that no, and absolutely. links and all that. Yeah, and I think, too, with SEO, something you want to keep in mind is you always want to 
I mean, everybody Google stuff. I Google random questions at all hours of the day. I'm guilty of it. But you want to think about more answering those questions of what people are actually Googling. If it's, like you said, local, if it's best restaurants in York, PA, if you want to blog about that. I mean, even it's not real estate, but then it's relevant content that they actually want to read. And then maybe they'll see, oh, you're a realtor. Yeah. Like, I don't know, something along those lines. But blog length, that's a, I feel like that's a debated topic. It goes it back and forth. Yeah, it you can look something <laughs> up and I mean, you'll get a thousand different answers. But I think, I, I mean, people have really short attention spans. I think it's, what, eight seconds? It's <laughs> yeah. less than a goldfish. Less than a goldfish, which, yeah. yeah. Which is not saying much, but um, yeah, I think the shorter the better, honestly. As long as it's packed with valuable information and valuable content, I would say probably 200 to 300 words. What do you think, Sefton? Uh, I mean, I go back and forth because best practices will tell you 1,000 to 1,500 For words. For SEO purposes. But, here, but here's the issue is that A, you're a service-based sales professional who has a job to do and to write 1,500 words once or twice a week, that, that becomes a big undertaking. That's going, if you want to write something of quality, you're going to have to spend six hours doing that. Um, and also, I agree with you, people's attention spans are very short. And if you want to capture SEO, skimming, yeah, they're going to skim it. And a 300 word blog post is something that people are going to actually read. So you have to make a determination about whether or not you really want to do SEO. Mm -hmm. Well, I did find a status that 43% of people admit to skimming blog posts. So it's definitely something. The rest are like liars. The rest are you are telling liars. me 57 or yeah, 57 percent of people are just sitting there going through with know. the fine. It kind of yeah, sounds like that. what we're saying is people are going to skim them anyway. Mm -hmm. So really kind of then it comes down to how are you formatting in a way that's going to be as readable or as skimmable as possible, but still filling it with that content that's going to help your search engine results and capture as much audience as possible because that's what the robots are going to be looking for as they're looking through your blog post and then the people are going to be reading and skimming through the content. So tell us a little bit about what the structure of that would be. Is there sort of a structure that we use to help us uh, set it up? I'm sure some of this probably goes back to yeah, uh, high school yeah, English as well. Yeah, research papers. But yeah, yeah, it goes so talk back a little bit to, about I mean, that. the intro, the body, and the closing. But more than, I think the most important, obviously, is the body of a blog. And to make it skimmable, skimmable and to make it appealing and people actually want to read it, um, break, breaking it down into bullet points or subheads I think is really, really helpful. I know when I when I read something, I look for something that's bolded or something that's actually outlined. So I think breaking it down, starting with an intro, then having maybe three or four actionable bullet points, and then a closing to summarize. And then at the end, you're, you're going to want to put a call to action. So do you tend to start with writing out what those bullet points or those sub headlines are going to be? Or do you write your entire article, get all your thoughts out on paper and then kind of bring out the most compelling? Papers? I actually, that's when you ask. I actually start with the bullet points. Nice. Yeah. And then I, I piece it together. Then I go into the intro and then the closing and the, and the headlines actually always last. Nice. Mm -hmm. Nice. So headlines, uh, obviously a very important part. This is what's going to show up on social media. This is what's going to show up in, um, in Google when you search. Uh, for a particular topic. So tell us a little bit about what we've learned maybe on headlines over the years. Should they be always written to be social media ready? Should they be written more? Um, I know when we talked about emails, for instance, we said, you know, don't sell, tell, don't be clever about it. Just say exactly what's going to be in because people are getting 120 emails a day. How do we or how do you kind of approach writing the headline? Do you try and make it more clever? Is it more sensational? I think the same holds true to blogs in some in some sense. Um, I mean, obviously, the the more clickbaity, the more that people might click. But I mean, 
at this point, I feel like if you see an outrageous an outrageous headline on social media, I'm not. I know that it's a trap. If it says you won't believe number seven, yeah, it's a trap. You're gonna believe number seven. Yeah, it's totally a trap. So I think honestly, keeping it short and concise, but then a little bit. I mean, you want to leave something to be. A little discovered. cliffhanger, but yeah. you don't want to disappoint the reader because Absolutely. I think if you violate that trust one time, yeah. that you're going to lose their trust forever. That's a great point because with blogs, you know, it's it's a little bit different in ads in that you're trying to capture somebody's attention. You're trying to lead them directly towards that call to action to generate that lead. With blogs, it's a little bit more of that relationship that you're building because you're trying to build a readership that may eventually start to convert to a lead for your business. And you're establishing your voice too mm-hmm. more than anything. It's funny, I actually read, um, I had pulled a stat that said that 47% of buyers viewed three to five pieces of content before engaging with a sales rep. That was from Demand Gen Report. So I think it really makes a lot of sense what you're saying to make sure that you're establishing that trust and you're building that rapport with your readers first. Yeah, when you think about the availability of information and the fact that with a service-based sales professional, someone is probably going to be spending upwards of $1,000 to several thousand dollars with you. There's no reason at this point why they're not going to do copious research before they interact with you. Like if I'm going to go and I'm going to buy a Bluetooth speaker, I'm going to I'm going to spend 45 <laughs> yeah. minutes researching it. I'm going to spend a hundred bucks on it. I buy a every one star Amazon review. Oh just to see yeah, what the haters and I, are saying. And, and unfortunately, I hate to admit it because it's bad for you know. It makes me sad to think about. But I automatically say, let's start with the bad ones. I want to see what the people who hated it have to say. So and you have. Yeah, you know, go ahead. Yeah, sorry to interrupt. I also think too. I mean, goes back to the the purchase decision. Uh, my husband and I knew nothing about real estate. I mean, we're first time home buyers. So we did so much research and intense research. We ended up going with a realtor that, of course, his family used. But um, but more than anything, Referrals. yeah, right. <laughs> um, our realtor actually shares a lot of first time home buyer content, a lot of tips and tricks to buy a home, to secure a loan, stuff like that, that actually, I mean, that I wanted to read because I awesome. knew absolutely nothing. So. Yeah, what a great real world scenario where, you know, you had the referral, you knew somebody that uh, you wanted to trust, but you actually then went and looked at and mm-hmm. got additional content. Yeah, and she's a great social media presence and then um, a, bl- a blog as well. So so you have your blog written, you now have uh, your, your first blog, you're posting. How are you going to get traffic to your site? How are you going to start to get these blogs read? So, I mean, there's multiple ways, but I think the easiest is to push it out through social media. You probably agree, Sefton? Yeah, it's the number one way because that's not only going to get more eyes on it, but that's also going to allow for people to easily share it. So you can just extrapolate that exposure through social media. Other ways would be like Medium is a good thing because... Mm-hmm. Um, I medium kinda, the website. Yes. Yeah, the medium the website because there's a possibility that a lot of, the, of our listeners don't have a website um, for themselves where they could publish a blog. So and if then, you want to get started, Medium is the best option. LinkedIn also has the articles feature. Yeah. If you don't have a website, you can actually copy and paste and write your whole blog post in uh, as an article and post it on LinkedIn. So that's another great way to actually and get some eyes it on it. Exactly mm-hmm. like a blog. It's you know you get the header image, you get the title. So yep. it's a really easy way to. That's do a it. great. That's a great uh, tip. Also, kind of in following that same idea, the same thing with your blog is when you are writing those articles on LinkedIn, make sure you're still including those calls to action that'll bring people to your site or bring them to become a lead for your business because you can put that within your LinkedIn blog post as well. Yeah, absolutely. And then um, I know another way is um, through an email newsletter. We actually just have started ramping up our email newsletter with some content, but um, building an email newsletter that's actually centered around your own content is a little bit better, I think, more than just curated content. 
So being able to produce multiple blogs and fill it and fill your your template. So curated content being content that you're getting from other sources and pulling together original content being content that you've written from your blog that's driving back to your site. Yeah, absolutely. And then how would you start to measure how or how do we measure kind of the success of our blog? So we have our blogs, obviously, I'm sure we're looking at how many people are coming to them. We're looking at what the most popular blogs are. But ultimately, how are we measuring the ROI on that? I think more than anything, um, we could also I don't know if you want to talk about it a little bit, Josh, because you are a lead, a lead master, <laughs> but um, a lead form yeah. more than anything, slapping a lead form on downloadables and actually offering something tangible. Well, we talk about lead magnets a lot. So a lead magnet is something that would be an item of value that somebody would give you their information for. Once they give you that information, this is that squeeze page. This is where now you have them on your email newsletter list and you're just creating this cycle where they're consistently coming back for your content and you're driving them towards that. So apply these same ideas for writing your blog to writing an ebook. And there's some really great tools online now. If you if you look up, you know, how to create an ebook or software for creating an ebook, there's online tools that that you can plug your content in, take your five best blog posts, compile them if they have a common theme into a single ebook, and then put that up as a lead magnet. Another one for real estate, obviously, the something that has always worked as a lead magnet before the internet age has been listings and home value reports. Maybe if you're doing mortgage, you can do access to today's interest rates. You can figure out how to calculate a new mortgage or lower payments. Um, any of these things that you can put together, a cheat sheet for lingo. I think we just yeah, put together we, a yeah, real estate buyer. We actually buyers. did, yeah, like a first-time home buyer real estate kit, which yeah. I think is pretty cool. It has a whole bunch of different tools. Yeah, and this is this is your business. So if, if this is something that you're doing as a realtor, you know what questions people should be asking when they're buying tools. Start start putting that down on paper. It doesn't have to be perfectly designed. What you're trying to do is add provide your uh, your visitors, your potential clients with that value, but make sure that you're being smart about it from a marketing perspective. You're bringing traffic in through your blog and then you're capturing their information for that item of value. It's taken time, it's valuable to that person receiving it and it's valuable to you uh, for the amount of time you spend writing it. So it's worth that opportunity to capture that information which will then allow you to continue working on that relationship. So there you have it, ladies and gentlemen, some very tangible tips on how to get a blog started and how to leverage that blog content for your business. I'd like to thank Jen Benvenuto for being a guest on our podcast today. Thank you, guys. My name is Sefton Eisenhart. I'm Josh Steich. And remember, guys, take action on something that you heard today. If nothing else, sit down, start writing a piece of content. Think about what expertise you have that you can share with your prospects. Write that out and then share it somewhere. Share it on LinkedIn. Share it on your blog. Share it in an email to your list. Make sure you take action on that today. Remember, the top difference between the top producers and mediocre producers is top producers take action. 